introduction of the handbook to the rivers and broads of norfolk and suffolk this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the handbook to the rivers and broads of norfolk and suffolk by george christopher davies introduction since the first appearance of this handbook and the larger volume on the same subject which the preface to the first edition stated to be in contemplation the broad district has become highly popular each year the tourist stream increases but happily there is still plenty of room no doubt some of the old habitues who like to have the whole landscape to themselves grumble at the change but the less selfish persons who happily constitute the majority do not object to seeing a dozen yachts where formerly they saw but one or a score of anglers where in past years but half a dozen might be seen a large trade has arisen in the letting of yachts boats and pleasure wherries for cruising purposes but the inn accommodation has made little advance and is still too meagre and insufficient for the demand the yachts have made great strides in speed and in number the norfolk and suffolk yacht club has flourished exceedingly and its regattas are popular artists have found out the charm of the quiet scenery of the broads and visit us in great numbers notably mr e h Fahey and miss osborne have given exhibitions in london devoted to the district then litterateurs without number have written magazine and newspaper articles and others after a few days scamper have written exhaustive guide-books and so the ball which the present writer set rolling in earnest some years ago is helped merrily forward and the rivers and broads of norfolk and suffolk are fast becoming one of the most popular of english playgrounds i should like to put the brake on a little in one respect one guide-book writer appears to treat the riverside meadows as commons and suggests that yachtsmen should bring lawn tennis sets and cricket materials with them pray don't take such absurd advice all riparian owners adhere stoutly to their just rights it must be remembered that the rights of the public are limited to passage along the navigable rivers and the navigable broads and the use of the banks of navigable waters for mooring purposes and for towing the soil of the greater part of the river beds is vested in the crown therefore angling is free to the public strictly speaking the shooting over the crown rivers is free but this does not give persons a right to shoot an inch over the banks looking to the fact that the bure is very narrow and passes through private game preserves let me earnestly entreat visitors not to fire off guns 
either at birds or at bottles which last amusement appears to be a favourite one above acle bridge the sport to the visitors is nil while the annoyance to the riparian owners is extreme the riparian owners are generally willing to afford the well-behaved public all reasonable facilities for enjoyment let this be repaid by the public refraining from potting away at water-hens and pigeons or other birds on the banks it may be well to add that up to about the year eighteen thirty the broads and wet marshes were simply waste but by the enclosure acts and awards these watery commons were allotted and divided among the neighbouring landowners in some cases the rights of navigation and staiths were expressly reserved in others no reservation was made and the broads are absolutely in the hands of private owners in other cases again staiths and rights of way have grown into disuse and channels have become choked up by mud and vegetation in no case however has the right of the crown to the bed of the common river been affected or changed by the enclosure awards a great point to remember is that the possessors of the broads set as much store by their bulrushes and water lilies as the admiring visitor therefore do not gather any of the broads all flowers and grasses which grow in such luxuriance by the riverside within the river wall or the three yards from the river margin where the navigator has an indefeasible right may as well be gathered for pleasure as die and rot here there is abundance for everyone but to penetrate into quiet nooks of broads and help oneself to other people's valued property is an indefensible act which by oft repetition has much irritated owners against the public it is in this respect also that visitors from a distance are most prone to err because without reflection it appears that no harm is done nor would there be much harm in a single instance but many a little makes a mickle as a general rule visitors from a distance behave exceedingly well being educated persons with a due sense of law and order the bottle shooters coot potters and noisy revellers the swan's egg robbers and grieve destroyers the persons who use one's boathouses as luncheon rooms or dustbins are unfortunately home products of course i hear of all offences that are committed and by some people i am actually saddled with the responsibility of any breach of good manners on the part of the public because i am supposed to have brought the latter to the broads i therefore beg the large unknown public of whose friendliness to me as an author i have had so many proofs when they visit the broads not to allow the exhilaration of an enjoyable holiday 
to interfere with a due propriety of behaviour the hitherto unwritten rules of the rivers and broads are these do not in the neighbourhood of other yachts or houses indulge in songs and revelry after eleven p m even at regatta times bathe only before eight o'clock in the morning if in sight of other vessels or moored in a frequented part of the river ladies are not expected to turn out before eight but after that time they are entitled to be free from any annoyance young men who lounge in a nude state on boats while ladies are passing and i have known norwich youths to do this may be saluted with dust shot or the end of a quant adhere strictly to the rule of the road when boating according to the instructions contained in a subsequent chapter and when angling more out of the way of sailing craft as afterwards explained do not throw straw or paper overboard to float to leeward and become offensive but burn or take care to sink all rubbish do not light fires place stoves or throw refuse on the banks in the path of others whose yachts may be moored to the same bank steam launches must not run at full speed past yachts moored to the bank particularly when the occupants of the latter have things spread out for a meal don't take guns on board unless you have leave to shoot on somebody's land remember that sound travels a long way on the water and do not criticise the people you may encounter with too loud a voice don't go on a friend's yacht with nailed shoes the commodore of a thames sailing club once came on board mine in cricket shoes armed with spikes don't knock the ashes out of your pipe into his boat and don't catch small fish and litter his decks with them leaving them for him to clean up after you don't moor outside another yacht without the permission of its owner ladies please don't gather armfuls of flowers berries and grasses which when faded you leave in the boat or yacht for the unfortunate skipper to clear up don't play the piano in season and out of season the reed-bird's song is sweeter on the broads and don't turn out before eight o'clock in the morning when other yachts are near observing all these simple maxims any number of visitors will find plenty of room for their own enjoyment without offence to any one End of Introduction